You're listening to Sunset Radio, the Sailors Radio Station. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody on this lovely Sunday evening. We are here yet again for Adventures of a Sailor Girl, thanks to Sunset Radio. And I'll be bringing you so many interviews this week. We managed to catch up with Andrea Francolini. Uh, he's got so much happening, it's not even funny, on the water and off the water. I should also hopefully be getting in touch with Ash Stoddart, straight from Europe. She's just had some fantastic results at Hiers and then also at Garda. Awesome to see how well she's doing in the laser radio. And good friend of myself and now of Sunset Radio, Mr. Matt Owen, managed to catch up with him this morning just before uh, he headed out on the water in Canberra. And it would be great to catch up on everything that's happening in Canberra. Such a fantastic club and awesome to see how well they're moving forward, especially with things like the Boyd Up program. So we're going to get a bit of an overview of all of that. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and we have the pleasure this evening of having Andrea Francolini, one of sailing's most well-known photographers with us. Andrea, how are you going? I'm very good. Yourself? I'm going very well. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to have you on board. You've always got such fantastic adventures happening. In fact, I think last time I caught up with you, it was during, during while well, you're almost about to get onto a helicopter for the Sydney to Hobart. Oh, yeah, that was a great way to finish the year, and especially <laughs> because the client, my main client, won the regatta, so Waldo Eleven made everybody proud and kept me happy too. So kept you happy? Right. And you got some fantastic shots. I, I remember you sending them through to me at the time. I might even have to share them now so that people can have a little bit of a flashback. But gosh, how is it seeing the start of the Sydney to Hobart from the air? It's, it's impressive. It is absolutely the best experience I've ever done uh, for a regatta from the air. It's just seeing the massive boats coming out and especially the spectators because there's so many of them and we had calm conditions so they were able to follow the boats for quite a bit and it's just a whitewash between the heads and it really makes it exciting. That, that really is exciting and with the helicopter, I mean, you're always searching for that perfect shot. How much does that assist you being above it all? Does it, I mean, it, it adds in that extra element, but do you prefer shooting from the air or shooting from the water? I mean, what's your preference? Look, it, it depends on the weather conditions we have. For an ocean race, it's easier, I mean, according to me, you can get more variety of shooting from the air because sitting to Hobart, if there's a little bit of wind, the maxis take off in 10 minutes and then you're never going to catch up with them if there's a bit of yeah, rough, for sure. uh, weather coming in. So with the helicopter, at least you can go, you can follow them, you can circle them, you can change angles, you can go back, shoot the fleet, and go back to the leaders when they've spread out a bit. So there's more variety, that you, and you can work for longer. Oh, sounds like the best of all worlds. I'm very, very, very jealous. Now, what else have you been up to? I know that you did shoot the Sydney Harbour Regatta in March. Yeah, Sydney Harbour Regatta in March, which was a, always a nice event to, to have in the harbour mm -hmm. and then uh, mm -hmm. I've been doing some stuff for Team Australia for the America's Cup, the Challengers, wow. which was really incredible wow. because they're boats that are so fast and I've never seen them before so for me it's all new and it is challenging to photograph them because they are extremely fast and yeah. keeping up with them is not exactly the easiest task uh, that I've been yeah. set to do. Maybe you need the helicopter to keep up with them more so yeah. than the maxis. I've, I've been hinting that but uh, for the moment I'm on a chase boat. <laughs> for the moment we'll just have to get you some ski goggles. <laughs> yep. Oh, I mean, you're definitely not a stranger to getting in the midst of it, though. Speaking of the, the Sydney Harbour Regatta, that is the first time I actually remember seeing your name was involved with the Sydney, to Harbour, uh, Sydney Harbour Regatta because you did a lot of shots from in the water. Uh, yes. Yeah, and 
I think that's when you really sort of shot up on the on the sailing photography map. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> well, well I, look, it's it's something it's something uh, I need variety because otherwise I get bored shooting, and I know that if I get bored, then the clients are going to get bored. So it's always the challenge, and I always want to push the limits. So you know, there are days where there's no wind, but you still have to come home with something. So the underwater camera is always a good technique. So now yeah. people know that when I take out the underwater camera, they're like, uh-oh, no wind. No wind, so yeah. That's, that's oh. their weather forecast. They just look at what gear I'm taking on the boat, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay. Andrea knows there's not going to be any wind, so let's take a light spinnaker. Oh, but it is a great way to deal with those challenges. I mean, not, and it's interesting, not just the speed challenges is involved with the AC-40, um, but also the weather challenges. I guess a lot of people don't think about. The light wind aspect of sailing is, is clearly a challenge. Look, it, it is a challenge. I did a shoot last week with uh, Team Australia, and we had, I think, four knots of wind. It was cloudy, and it was almost sunset, and I was just scratching my head like, okay, I really have to think of something. And then eventually there were some interesting clouds, and my sunset, a couple of rays coming through the through the clouds, which made it look interesting. Wow. And then I think the wind got up to five or six knots, and within seconds the boat was on one hull, and they just took off. And I was like, dude. There's no wind. How do you do that? <laughs> it, it is, it's just incredible to see it. It, it wow. defies physics, obviously, but you're just looking at every other boat in the harbor and nobody's going anywhere. And Team Australia is just powering along and having fun and doing what they do best. So I guess in some ways they're more difficult to shoot, but in other ways they're easier to shoot because at least they're moving in six knots of breeze. Yeah, look, if there's no breeze, it's always a nightmare for any regatta, but in this case, when there's no breeze, yes, it's less exciting, but at least you know something's going to happen. Yeah, so exactly. At least they can move. So it's, it's fun. But yeah, it has its challenges, which is always great. How oh, amazing. It forces you to see things in a different way and therefore come home with different pictures. And, and that is obviously what keeps you motivated. So what is it that, how did you get involved with Team Australia? Was that through another contact or just through interest? No, or? Team Australia is the, uh, the Oatly who I've been working with yeah. for... Aha. Uh -huh. 2000 and since 2006 when I built Waldo to 11 and um, so yeah as, as they're going along I mean yes I put my hand up saying guys we've already done a couple of shoots and uh, we'll see where it goes okay and you're happy with how they're going so far so good so far so good, good. good uh, yes yeah, they have that family atmosphere which is really rare to find and yeah. it's very relaxed but yet they're getting things done without the stress of having pressure or a dictator pushing them from behind or something like that. Yeah. So it's, uh, no, I think they're, doing, they're definitely powering along and they're serious about it, so I think we should watch out. Yay. That's always exciting to hear. And, I mean, all of that aside, what else is coming up for you, Andrea? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's winter time now in Australia, so you might be, might be thinking uh, of heading north. <laughs> yes, I, I am actually heading north in two weeks. I'm going over to Japan for a family holiday. Uh, just have some time off and just enjoy really enjoy time. But I will be still shooting. I'm taking my Samsung phone with me, so I'll be taking some pictures and posting Amazing. on Instagram. More street photography, nothing to do with boats. And then, uh, yeah, and then I'll just be taking my usual black and white film camera because I still love shooting film. Oh, that's amazing. We'll definitely have to keep tabs. You'll have to share with, uh, share with me your Instagram account and we'll get that up on our Facebook page in case anyone wants to keep tabs because uh, if, if they haven't seen some of your street photography before, you're definitely uh, one to make sure that you're not capturing the norm. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And then after variety. that, it's uh, after that we're coming home, and then um, a little bit of time later, it's the Audi Hamilton Island Race Week, which is 
I'd say after the Sydney to Hobart, oh, maybe it's in competition with the Sydney to Hobart. It's the biggest event, and it's the most fun for me because yeah. it's a week long of shooting, which is extremely tiring because it's long hours. But having a week, you can really do a lot of variety, and and that's what what gets you excited. Like one day you have a lot of wind, one day you go on board, one day you shoot from the land, one day you go in a helicopter. So the variety is there. And, um, and the location, as you know, is not bad. So. Oh, it's definitely yeah. not. I'm actually just smiling, just sitting here watching, uh, well, thinking about you coming up with all of those different shots. It must be really amazing. I was going to ask you which one you preferred better, but you've obviously just answered that. And you did some fantastic shots last year just on your phone. You mentioned that when you go on holidays, you're just going to use your phone. But even at Hamilton Island last year, you were just shooting from your yeah. Samsung phone. So last year, last year Samsung was involved as a small sponsor, and uh, when I heard about it, I just went to the organizers and said, "Hey guys, uh, you want to give me a phone, and I'll take some pictures so we can show what can be done." And uh, and they, they accepted it, so it was done. And ironically, I'm not going to say the best picture I took because that's not true. But <laughs> one of the pictures I, I posted from the helicopter, and Tourism Australia picked it up, and we had 44,000 likes within two or three hours. Yeah, I, I remember so, that shot. Uh, I'm pretty sure I shared it on Adventures of a Sailor Girl. It was a cracker. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's nice. And, uh, you know, as usual, once again, it makes you think in a different way, because yeah. with the telephone, you can't really get as close as I do with my long lenses. So I'll be doing it again. I just enjoy it. You get the hang of it. It sounds like you like using not only a variety of techniques and angles, but also now technology. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm getting there little by little. I am a traditional, uh, when it comes to photography, I'm very traditional, and I still love shooting film, but obviously you can't for work anymore. Yeah. And digital is great. I mean, it has tons of advantages. But, you know, when, I, when it's my private work, when I go overseas uh, in the Middle East, I shoot film because I like it and because I can afford to and I don't have to show my work to anybody. Yeah. So it's uh, personal. Yeah, and but speaking yes, speaking of the Middle yeah, and speaking of the Middle East, um, you, you have mentioned a little bit, and I've been following uh, one of your other projects, which is going forward in, in Pakistan. Maybe you might want to um, tell us a little bit about the first. So in, in in September, I'm going back to Pakistan for a couple of weeks. In 2010, I started a trust, which is called Micro School, and its uh, its aim is to promote education, especially for girls, in a specific northern area of Pakistan. And uh, I just collect funds um, here in Australia, and then I take the money with me, and we do a, a wide variety of things, of which is building furniture, desks. Uh, last year, we started uh, building classrooms in schools to make them a bit bigger. And then this year, wow. for the first time in 2013, we started sponsoring three kids. So they're guaranteed to go to school for five years. And we did. Uh, we started with two girls and one boy. And uh, and that's my main goal. Everything else, like building water tanks, building the plumbing system in the bathroom, all that, all the little things are, you do it because the money's there and they need it, of course. But my main goal is to get kids to go to school because they understand the importance of it. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's good. And it's nice it's... to see that when you go there, everybody's quite happy to see you. Uh, I mean, yes, you're a tourist, and they're not many of them around. Yeah. But you know, the elders of the village come out, and then every now and then the kids come and say hello and all that. So they they understand the importance, and you know, it's something little, but one step at a time. Hopefully, oh, grow, definitely grow one step at a time. I um I did live below the line the other week. I spoke I spoke about it on the show last week, and it's it's got the same. It's got very similar goals actually. It, the idea is to raise money to uh, help kids in East Timor. 
and uh, Cambodia to be able to go yep. to school to train teachers and to build schools. So I'm, I'm really interested in hearing more about this, um, Andre. Maybe we'll have to have a, another chat about it. We'll definitely have to absolutely. share some information on our Facebook page. But thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think that's it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> thank you. No, it's a great project, and then it's only by going there that you realize that $100 can make a massive difference. Yeah. Well, in our society, fortunately, it doesn't make that much of a difference. It mm. all adds up, but it really does. Uh, the, the value of money in those countries takes you a lot further than, than it does here. So Definitely, and it really makes you realize how good you've got it. Who would have, who would have thought, oh. I mean, would you have thought, Andrea, that photography would get you to this place if you sort of look back 10 years, did you ever think that this is the path that you would end look, up on? I, I, went, I, went to, I, went into, I went to Pakistan for the first time in 2008 to take pictures of a polo game. Wow. So that's how I ended up there. And then I went back in 2009, we did a story for uh, Marie Claire in Europe on women working in Islamic society. Yeah. And that's where for the first time I saw a school. And I was not shocked, but even more when I saw the conditions they were in. Yeah. And I've always done a little bit of everything whenever I travel, you know, just buy pens, buy backpacks or whatever the kids need in any country I go to. And uh, this time I was like, no, you know what, I want to do something a bit more long term. Um, I would have never thought that this would have happened and developed to that extent, but hey, so much better. That's... And you know, it's one of those things, it's meant to be and it's just little by little the path is just opening up and I'm going for it. That's, that's amazing and fantastic to hear and I can't wait to hear more about what is happening with this project but also maybe we'll touch base with you while you're up at, at Hamilton Island too but thank you so much Andrea for your time it's really My pleasure. Uh, thank you oh no thank well, you so much fantastic this is Nick Douglas Adventures of a Sailor Girl we've just managed to catch up with Andrea Francolini not only a fantastic photographer but also now raising funds for some fantastic initiatives in Pakistan check out my Facebook page and you can read all about it we'll be back with you soon Thank you so much for joining me. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl. And if you've just joined us, we just heard from Andrea Francolini on his amazing work both on and off the water. And we can't wait to follow his journey in both respects. And while we're talking about adventures and where we might rather be, just a little bit of a plug for our second show for Sunset Radio, which will be kicking off tomorrow from 6 p.m. That's Monday at 6 p.m. And we'll have our little show called From Where You Might Rather Be, featuring in our first uh, broadcast an Australian girl in Paris. So just a little bit of a, a plug there. We're going to go to our interview. We've managed to catch Mish, oh, well hopefully, <laughs> I think we've got her on the line, Miss Ashley Stoddart. Let's see how we go. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and on the line we have Ash Stoddart, direct from Europe. How are you going, Ash? Yeah, I'm really well, thanks. I'm in beautiful Italy, just to make everyone a little bit jealous. <laughs> Loving it over in Europe. <laughs> We're all about the adventures on this show, so great to hear. So you are you at the European Training Centre? Yeah, I've just come here after um, competing in Garda just for a few days before I head up to Netherlands, where I think it's a little bit colder than here. <laughs> Definitely. Medemblik, uh is, is a one-of-a-kind venue uh, on the Iselmere up there, so... <laughs> I um I hope you packed a beanie at least. Yeah, no, I've got I've got my beanie and my and my warm wetsuit thanks to Zach, so that works well. Oh, beautiful Zach possum beanie, gotta love it. Now, congrats. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations for your result at Garda. You did fantastically, finishing up on the podium. Yeah, it was really exciting. It actually kind of came as a bit of a surprise. Um, the points were pretty close. I actually went into the medal race. 
in sixth position and was winning the whole medal race up until the last top mark where I got passed by the Danish girl. Um, she was sailing really well and um, yeah, placed second in the medal race but uh, managed to to beat fourth and fifth by only one point. So wow. Pretty, pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. But congratulations all the same. A bronze in, in one of these lead-up uh, Olympic class regattas is a fantastic result when we're, we're this far out in the cycle. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the way I'm sailing and I'm just not really thinking too much about the results even, but just, yeah, working on, on ticking the boxes and being pretty process-driven and just seeing how good I can actually be. Wow. And I guess the results are starting to come with that, but, yeah, I'm just enjoying, yeah, the challenge and seeing where I can take myself, really. Oh, it's, it's a fantastic way to look at it, and you are right. The results have been coming. The previous regatta in France at Hiers, you finished fourth, which was a standout event so far in your career. Yeah, no, I was just pretty blown away. I was just, yeah, really stoked with how it all finished up, and I just worked, worked my butt off in the regatta and just didn't really, really look around and see what was happening, but good race by race, and and um, yeah, the result finished up well it's, and I was very happy. It's just amazing and of course you're working your butt off. You are sailing the Laser Radial which is the women's single-hander Olympic class and they are exceptionally physically challenging boats, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just a week of hiking. It was a massive hike off so I think everyone's legs needed a good rest after. Yeah, for sure. And maybe, sure. maybe your age helps out a little bit there because how old are you now, Ash? Oh, I'm 20. I'll be 21 in the middle of the Europeans in oh. split, so that's a little bit of an exciting regatta in itself. Oh, amazing. But you've definitely got youth on your side in terms of fitness. Now, a lot of people are saying that, you know, you're having, uh, you know, your breakthrough regattas at this point in time and, and they're starting to focus on the recent results. But what a lot of people don't realise is how long you've been involved with the laser radial. This isn't something that's just happened overnight, is it? No, I've been in the radio for a while, I'm a little bit of an old timer, I guess, even at my my young age. But yeah, I really like it sailing the, the laser. I've been sailing the laser since I was 12 or 13, so just a few years, and that comes, I guess, with experience. I've had a few seasons over in Europe. This one's probably my biggest one yet. I've kind of backed off a bit in uni, with uni, and just kind of making sailing more of a focus. So. And it seems um, it seems like you picked the right time for it. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I'm really happy. Yeah, it's working out quite well. For sure. And and some people are putting this down to the new combination that you have with your coach. Yeah, I, yeah, we've um the radial in Australia have shifted over to Jared West. So he he's got a wealth of experience. He was selling the laser himself in the standard class. So um he's he's done it himself. He's competed over at these events. And the, the laser men's is just tough, yeah, just as tough, if not tougher, um, in terms of the close racing and I guess the cutthroat nature. The guys are pretty Yeah, definitely. Intense. Even even with the Australian team, our our laser fleet, you know, men, is incredibly competitive just among themselves, let alone taking yeah. it to the world scale. Yeah, it really yeah. is amazing. Now, next up, you're heading to um, Maidenblick, the next World Cup regatta? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 Eurosaf event. So that'll be a bit of a lead up um, 
another lead-up event to the EuroSAF where I can just try things out with a little bit less pressure. Um, and, yeah, it'll be good just to race. There's a few more girl, different girls going to be there, so that'll be good. How does it feel representing the, the Queensland state while you're over there in Europe? Oh, I think the Queenslanders are a force to be reckoned with, really. Yeah, we're, we're doing all right. Um, yeah, no, it's great to be from Queensland. I don't think there's a, any place in Australia better than Queensland, but I guess I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> Everyone is biased about about their own their own hometown, but hopefully there's a few people listening, and I'm sure that they're cheering you all on, as we all are, <laughs> as you're going forward. Now, you've got Maiden Vlick. What's after that? What are the next big boxes that you have to tick going forward? Well, we have the Europeans, that kind of tops off my European trip, so I'll have been over here for three months, so that's from the 7th to the 14th of June, and then I head home for a month. Perfect. Um, here actually qualified me to go to the Rio test event, so I'll be heading over there at the end of July. Um, wow. And then Santander's the big one for this year. Amazing, and that's also, um, yeah, well, Gosh, they're all going to be massive regattas, but it will definitely uh, put you in great stead to be able to go to Rio. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, like it just—it kind of just all happened all at once in here, and I think even still, I haven't really had enough time just to actually think about um, going over there. I think I'll probably have more time after Euros to kind of refocus and get ready for that trip. But I've had to, while I'm over here, scramble and get a boat together to send over and. Um, everyone at home's been really good to help that, so yeah. that's been a little bit easier. A, but, a, lot, yeah. a lot of people don't realise the amount of logistics that go into sailing, do they? No, yeah, you can't exactly take, I don't know, your soccer boots on the plane, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, just a little bit more than that, and at the ripe age of 20 you're sounding like a pro already. Uh, I don't know about that, but I guess I've been doing it for a while and I've got some good people around me that have been doing it even longer they're putting me in the right direction. <laughs> That's the beauty of the Australian sailing team and the way that it works, feeding off everybody's experience. Now, you've mentioned quite a few things in their logistics, looking forward to other events, but at the same time you're wanting to be focused on the basics. Are there any tricks that you use to be able to fo focus on those basics when you're at events? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a pretty determined person, so... Um, no, I'm just, yeah, <laughs> staying focused and, I don't know, a race isn't really that complicated. You've got to start and then you go around a few marks and then you finish, but you want to do it as fast as possible. So, I don't know, just trying to make sure that I'm having a really good start and each leg is as best as it can be. Yeah, I, I once had a coach who said, sailing's really easy. You just get the best start, get the first shift first and then stay in between your competitors and the next mark. Yeah, sometimes I don't think it's that easy, but I guess we try to make it as simple as possible. We definitely do. Unfortunately, there's also some exceptionally talented sailors out there on the race course against you all also trying to improve at the same time. How is the level of the radial um, fleet? How is it? I mean, you've been in the class now for seven years. How is it? How has it changed and developed in the time that you've been in the class? Uh, I think the, the girls have had a really good example shown to them by the men and I think um, we're just trying to reflect that in our racing and the way that we approach um, our campaigns. I think the level of fitness and the level of sailing has definitely improved over the years and I think it's probably as intense as it, it ever has been but I think that makes it more fun and more enjoyable and the challenge 
is greater, but I think the I think when you get rewarded, it's even a better feeling. So, mm. no, it's really, really fun and really competitive. That's probably what's kept you in the class for so many years now. We'd probably better let you go because it sounds like um, you've, you've got a physio. Oh, I, I remember you saying that you've got a physio appointment that you've got to run off to. But thank you so much for touching base with us. It's fantastic to hear about how you've progressed to this point, and we'll have to keep tabs on you. Or maybe we'll have to touch base with you when you get back from Rio. Um, but good luck up at Maidenblick and everything that you've got in front of you and um, hopefully hopefully um, you just keep improving we're not worried about the results at this point are we <laughs> no <laughs> thanks very much no worries at all thank you so much that was Ash Stoddart live from the European Training Centre beautiful to have her on the show and a bit of Queensland represent this show and we'll be back very shortly with more news this is Nick Douglas Adventures of a Sailor Girl if you've just joined us, my goodness, we've had an adventure pack show as per usual. So far, we've uh, caught up with Miss Ashley Stoddart straight from the European Training Centre. She's been doing fantastically on the laser radial. We also caught up with Andrea Frangolini, who uh, is a fantastic sailing photographer, but he's also giving so much back to um, you know, society as a whole. He's spending a lot of his spare time over in Pakistan, which is just fantastic rebuilding schools, which, of course, rings true with me um, for those who haven't been on social media or I haven't been listening to the show. I did live below the line a few weeks ago and that was just a fantastic experience and this is an extension of that. It's so amazing to see how many successful people are really giving back and that is something that I really, really aspire to do myself. Um, yeah, so I'll keep you up to date on my adventures as we get towards the end of the show but there will be more adventures here on Sunset Radio tomorrow from 6pm with our first broadcast of uh, From Where You Might Rather Be uh, featuring our Australian girl in Paris but for now I'm going to play you a little bit of an interview that I did with Mr Matthew Owen the CEO of the Canberra Yacht Club earlier today just before he hit the water so we, we better have a little listen because we, we all know that I'd love to know exactly what's going on in Canberra I've got a special spot for it that's for sure this is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and we are lucky enough to have the pleasure of catching up with the CEO of Canberra Yacht Club, Mr. Matt Owen. How are you? I'm very well, Nick. Very, very well here in the nation's capital. Excellent. And um, how's the weather down there, Matt? Uh, actually, it's a wee bit chilly. Um, the icebergs are just starting to form on the lake. It's, um, we've got uh, probably 60 crazy people who are going doing our start of our winter series this afternoon, so oh. it's up a little bit. Oh my goodness. It's at uh, five degrees in the moment here. <gasps> goodness, yeah, I was in Canberra, I think a fortnight ago now, and I, uh, I pulled out the dry suit for the first day of the season. <laughs> it was similar weather. Good job. I'm, in a month. Excellent. I'm not, I'm not as brave as you guys, but 60 boats on the water, that's fantastic. How are things going for Canberra Yacht Club, Matt? Yeah, look, we're uh, just... Uh, off the end of an absolute sensational season. Um, it's one of our most successful we've ever had with uh, a lot of different types of programs. And um, yeah, no, we're really happy. Everything's going really well here in Canberra. Not only at the Canberra Yacht Club, but also our other club down here, the YMCA Sailing Club. And they've had a thumping year as well, which is fantastic for the sport. That's really awesome to hear. And I mean, a lot of people don't know that you, you get so many sailors down there. Everyone says, Canberra, ugh, I don't want to sail there. But there are so many people who do love sailing on the lake, and especially for the juniors, it is a great place to learn, I think. Oh, look, definitely. It's a very, you know, controlled environment. Um, they're not going to flip them and off to New Zealand or uh, out to South Africa, so it's a pretty contained little area. And it's, uh, it, the lake is in the middle of, uh, of uh, Canberra, so, you know, it's a great sort of... Uh, 
amphitheatre for parents to come down and watch their kids. And uh, you know, the Canberra Club, we're the fourth largest sailing school in Australia, and uh, and it's uh, it's going really well. It's just a it's a great for the sport to get as many kids as we can in at this stage and uh, get all the pathways happening. And hopefully, this will. Uh, build, build, build our sport in years and years to come. That's fantastic. That's what we're all about, getting more people sailing boats more often. And speaking of getting more people sailing boats, uh, something that I've been interested in, um, well, since I was sailing down there, but the Buoyed Up program, Matt, it's going, it's going swimmingly, but not swimming. We're sailing, right? <laughs> yeah, look, it's a, it's a little program, uh, program that we uh, started in October 2012, and uh, just getting disadvantaged kids and uh, challenged kids into uh, into the sport of sailing. There's some uh, great uh, educational and behavioural benefits that uh, can happen from these kids that get onto the water. And uh, we've sort of uh, started off with <coughs> 20 kids starting attackers program. To this year we had 178, I think, kids uh, going through the uh, program basically during school time. Um, in uh, from term term one this year, so it's, it's moved from something little, you know, a good little program to an absolutely massive program. That uh, we're really proud about it, and uh, one of the great things we did out of that, uh, well, we were very lucky to be um, get the University of Canberra to produce a uh, study from a couple of their PhD oh, wow. students into the before and after effects of the program. Um, of bullet up, and so they did a lot of um, testing beforehand with the kids and you know, how their grades were, uh, behavioural, uh, you know, from the parents and also the teachers, and then post uh, post them doing their Tackers One or Tackers Two course, we set them all down again and uh, did a lot of workshops for the kids, and um, and it's an amazing um, report which really does show that uh, uh, chucking kids into boats that may uh, certainly. Uh, lucky in the world of, uh, of where we live in, um, really gets them into the sport and also, most importantly, just uh, helps in their behavioural and educational side of it. And it's, it's, yeah, we're really proud to be part of it. That's just amazing. And as, as you say, great to have those, those um, I mean, the, I'm sure you see it while you're there. You, you would see the changes in these kids, but to have it documented just means that it gives the program an opportunity to grow and move forward. And it sounds like it's starting to feed through into other states' programs, Matt. Yeah, well, we're um, early on. Uh, uh, Paul Blundell from Noosa uh, Sailing and Rowing Club took it on, and out up, up there they've got a very high Indigenous program with Boyd Up, and uh, so they've taken it on. They do it a little bit differently to us. Actually, uh, uh, bring in kids from uh, you know uh, out of west, out of the west side of, uh, and they actually come sure. for a whole week of camping in those days. Oh wow! On site and do a whole week of, uh, and they introduce, they do a lot of Indigenous um, stuff as well during the week, and uh, and yeah, and Paul's doing a fantastic job. They're uh, they're going really well, and with uh, I'm going down to Melbourne in a couple of weeks to uh, catch up with quite a few clubs down there that have shown interest in the in the um, in in this program, which wow. I think is great because uh, a good thing for we find you know uh, our course, sorry our club. We used to have little charities that, but this is a charity that uh, we think works really well because it's it's a charity that uh, builds a sport that these uh, you know sponsors or uh, people who put money into it you know part, um, participate in. They can come down any time during the week from basically from nine to five, Monday to Friday. Yeah. And their money at work, the kids out there sailing, and uh, and also we're finding uh, we're getting great corporate uh, and government sponsorship. Um, 
uh, to help fund it. Um, and you know, we're well over one hundred and you know thirty thousand dollars a year in funding to run the program. Wow. And the benefits are, um, yeah, pretty much for everyone. I haven't found something that goes bad out of the whole program yet. <sighs> pretty happy there. The, the program that keeps giving, and I guess for those that do choose to invest, uh, they'll actually get to see where their money's going as well, as opposed to, you know, just putting it into another charity. It's, um, you, you may not see the direct effects, but you'll be able to be involved in the process if you want to be. Exactly right. And the other thing we've got, we've got some fantastic people who, uh, who want to help out. Ross Kilborn from Yawning Australia and, and Phil Jones and Matt Allen, they've been great supporters of the program. Uh, Malcolm Page, my dear friends, he's, uh, he's a patron of the program. Um, just a couple of months ago we had a big uh, fundraising dinner and uh, well, sorry, my Chris Nicholson came down and, and pretty much scared uh, the bejesus out of everyone in there. <laughs> And, yeah. Uh, and so we're getting a lot of really good uh, support, uh, you know, and it, it just only helps build. And, uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, also, if you just have one kid that we change a life for, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's worth it. You know, we're really, really happy. I mean, yacht clubs uh, all around have got to just have a more community, uh, you know, social inclusive program to, uh, to uh, get these people on the water. Oh, it's just brilliant. It yeah, I mean, everybody, well, as a sailor, it's easy to take the sport that you love for granted. I mean, I can't remember when I didn't sail, but uh, if <laughs> it's definitely changed my life, so I can't imagine how it's, it's going to be changing the lives of these kids who have not been able to experience something as wonderful, and that is what sailing's all about too, is the community, isn't it? Especially in Canberra. Yeah. Especially with the program too. I mean, there's a lot of these programs where, you know, AFL or whatever, and, you know, kicking a footy around, but... There really is to build the resilience of these kids where you can put them on a water where, you know, they're on a boat that, you know, they can't just walk off the pitch and, uh, you know, they've got to go through their own, uh, you know, uh, resilience and, um, and, and learn this stuff. It's a, it's a pretty unique, um, environment that we put these kids in. Of some that you know, just never, you know, never really taken part in some of this. I mean, some of these kids, you know, really haven't had a lot of, you know, been going to swimming lessons. So there's a lot of challenges that we've had. In this, but uh, wow. you know, out of all the programs we run in sailing here, it's one of the most satisfying. That uh, and certainly I and my board and uh, and all uh, my team at the yacht club uh, really enjoy doing. Well, it's just fantastic to hear, and, and great to hear that all is going well in Canberra as well. It does have a very special place in my heart, Mr. Matt Owen. Uh, but we'll have to keep tabs on how the Void Up program's going, but we'll also give you a call when we're leading into summer to check out what's happening down there. I know that sometimes you'll get 90 boats out for your twilights. It's all happening in Canberra. Yeah, it is, yeah. Look, we're pretty lucky down here, and it's, uh, and it's a good thing for the whole sport. I think uh, yachting and sailing in Australia is just starting to just uh, pick up again, I think. And, Agreed. Uh, and we just we get people on the water and uh, tick the numbers off and... Uh, and help help clubs and uh, you know holistic sort of side of things of sailing and uh, I think I think the sport's looking really good with the America's Cup and uh, it's all going to be pretty good. We're pretty proud of being part of it all. Yes, and then we have to make sure we get out on the water ourselves, Matt, and have our own adventures in between. <laughs> yeah, well, my board keep asking me to actually turn up to an office. So I seem to spend most of my time at regattas. Oh, lucky for uh, some. But, uh, very lucky in that song. You are, you are, and you're very successful yourself. So we'll have to catch up with you more on that later. But thank you so much for sharing all, all that's happening with the Boyd Up program with us. It's fantastic to hear, and I'm sure that a lot of people will want to see um, how that's progressing. Yeah, and if people want to get a bit more information, if you go to the Yachting Australia website, there's, or on the YouTube, just 
type in Boyd up and we've got some great uh, videos and uh, of clubs that are doing tackers that are keen to uh, be involved in it. That's amazing, and I'll make sure that I share that on my Facebook page as well. Thank you again, Matt, for joining me. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and we'll be back with more just after this song. That's what I got up to this weekend. I was meant to sail a cherub on Saturday. There was no wind, so I have nothing to report from that. Uh, today we were meant to go team racing, but unfortunately there was not much wind, and the tide at the river, at George's River, was stronger than the wind, so we opted not to go. But we are winding up, getting ready to go to the team racing nationals, and I'm having a fantastic time coaching these guys. Uh, you know, it's great just to be in the thick of it again, and I really do love, um, you know, tactics, boat handling, all of that sort of stuff. It's, it's really great. Now, um, yeah, we've had quite a big show this week. You're listening to Sunset Radio, the Sailor's Radio Station.